How about uh, let's get our Bible and sing, get the new look from the old book then. Everybody, get your Bible and let's sing it, please. Sing it with me now. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from the Bible. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's Word. The inward look, the outward look, the upward look from the old, old book. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's Word. I love this whole book. Amen. Turn your Bible, if you would, please, to Joshua. One portion. I want to go to Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. And now, first of all, I want to read Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30. So look over Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Now let's go to Joshua. And uh, here's given the story of this same thing. Beginning in verse 1. Joshua 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall, be, shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the, the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, and compass the city. And let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn, passed on before the Lord, and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the horn trumpets, and the reward came after the ark the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. Until the day I bid you shout, then shall you shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. 
And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. On that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein. As the Lord on Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that went in that we sent. And ye, in any wise, keep yourselves from the cursed thing, lest ye make yourselves a curse, when ye take of the cursed thing, and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessel and brass and iron are consecrated in the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall of, uh, fell down flat so that the people went up into that city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old and oxen and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house, bring out thence the woman and all that she has as ye swear unto her. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name, teach us today what real faith is all about. Bless us, we pray now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Going back to Hebrews chapter 11 now and verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Notice here the walls of Jericho therefore fell down by faith and obedience. There are three things about the faith that brought down the walls of Jericho. There are three kinds of faith. Number one, there's a type of faith that rests. Number two, there's a type of faith that reckons. Number three, there's a type of faith that risks or uh, if you want to put it this way, daring faith. Number one, let's take the faith that rests. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that we're all sinners. The Bible says that I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, everybody is a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now watch this, please. Again, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, I owe a sin debt. That sin debt is, for the wages of sin is death. But, notice again, the Bible said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. That includes me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now notice, the Bible says Jesus died for my sin, and God laid on Jesus all my sins as He was nailed on the cross of Calvary some 2,000 years ago. Now, the Bible says that Jesus paid all my sin debt. Now, I want you to watch this. God said that. I didn't. Now, 
the faith that believers uh, believes these things simply rests upon God keeping His Word. That's resting faith. Now, I will rest upon God's promises. I will go to my grave resting on the facts that God said that He loved me and died for me and saved me. Amen? I don't go there. Uh, I'm not looking forward to dying worrying about where I'm going to heaven or not, but simply because Jesus doesn't pay for my sin debt. Amen? I got a letter this week from somebody that uh, said, we're going to pray uh, for your wife to be uh, prayed out of purgatory that uh, she can, her soul can be saved. That's an insult to me. I mean it. My wife's in heaven. Her body her, her might be in the ground, but brother, her soul is in heaven. I don't rest. I, I, somebody said, Preacher, how can you handle yourself because I rest in that fact? Amen. That's resting faith. I have faith in God so much that I can rest in that fact. I don't worry about it no more. Let me give you something else. There's reckoning faith. Romans chapter 6 verse 11. Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, this reckoning faith says, I reckon or I believe myself to be dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus my Lord. Now this is reckoning faith. Reckoning to be dead with Christ, which means when the old nature, the flesh says, I want another drink, you say you can't have it, you're dead. When the old nature that we have in us says, I want to curse or I want to lose my temper, all you have to say, I can't because I'm dead. Reckoning faith is saying, I am crucified with Christ. I am dead. I have killed the old person that I used to be. Now, I got news for you. I'm not the same as I used to be. My wife said the sweetest thing to me just before she went to be with the Lord that a man could ever want to say. She said, do you remember old man Johnson? I said, yeah. And uh, uh, he was our science teacher. And he told my wife when I was going with her, we were going together in ninth grade, she said, don't you have nothing to do with him? He's mean. I, that boy's mean. You stay away from him now and uh, don't have nothing to do with him. She, she paused for a minute and said, but he was wrong. You've been the best husband in the, uh, a person could ever want. And I thought about that. Do you know that's, that's what the Bible is talking about? The, the mean person I used to be. The person who used to curse and use God's name in vain and all other things that I used to be. I reckon myself dead to them anymore. I don't do them anymore. Why? I, I, I listened to a preacher years ago. A uh, young preacher boy came into his office, a professor's office. Great man of God. He sat down with him. He said, Professor, would you explain this verse to me in Romans chapter 6? He talked about us being dead with Christ. And he said, All right, let me explain this way. Your friend just passed away. I want you to go out there to your friend's grave, and I want you to tell him every good thing you can think about him. Just brag on him. Tell him every good thing you can think about him. I want you to come back and tell me what he said. He came back and he said, what did he say? Nothing. He said, now I want you to go out there and tell him all the good things that you can think about he said. He came back and what did he say? Nothing. Amen. 
Nothing bad or nothing good. Why? Because he's dead. And here's here's what the Bible is talking about. You know what uh, faith is, the wonderful faith is, that I'm dead to the old past. You can bring it up, but God never does. God said He put my sin behind His back and He'll never look on again. Amen. They're gone. That's resting faith. And in number three, there's daring faith. Now, David showed us this faith in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Little old David going down to battle that old big giant with nothing but a slingshot and a rock. And Daniel, uh, David showed us that daring faith. Daniel had daring faith. He prayed anyhow. Also, the king said, if you pray, I'm going to throw you in the lion's den. That's all right. God shut the lion's mouth. Amen. And these three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had daring faith. They ended up in the fiery furnace, but not even the stink of fire was upon their clothing, the Bible says. They were saved. Daring faith says, I trust the Lord even if I'm the only one that does. Daring faith says, I'll go to church every service even though many will call you a religious fanatic. Daring faith says, I'll go so many although people make fun of me. Daring faith says, I'll do what's right. I'll sink or swim. I'm going to do what's right by God. Daring faith is like Joshua said, let's march. And they all said, let's go. And they went. Daring faith, Joshua said, no spears, no swords, no bows, no arrows, just obeying God. Amen? Whatever it takes to obey God. Now, here's the question. Do you have resting faith? I mean, can you uh, put your trust in Jesus only to save you and carry you to heaven? I, I never, I have never since the day I got saved, never worried about if I die. We used to pray, you know, uh, I pray the Lord my soul to take when I lay my head down on out my bed, and I, I was laying there one day and praying like that, and, and God said, "You don't need to pray that no more, Amen." Because I know that if I die in my sleep, I'm going to hell. I don't pray, Lord, take my soul to heaven if I die in my sleep. That'd be a good way to go, by the way. My daddy, he was 89 years old, and I was with him the night before he died, and he said, Son, you know why I'd like to go to heaven? I just think I'd like to go lay down, go to sleep, wake up in heaven. That's exactly what he did. He just went on to heaven. That's, that's resting faith. Whatever's going on in this world, the mess that's going on in this world, I ain't worried about it. You know why? God's still in charge. That's resting faith. I just rest in the Lord, whatever's happening. And I said the other day to myself, I want to live a life and I want to enjoy all of it. The good times and what people call the bad times. You know why? Because God put it in your life. Why don't you enjoy it then? Enjoy the bad times and the good times and the hard times, the crying times and laughing times. Whatever God puts in my life, I want to enjoy it. Amen? Because I rest in the Lord. And I believe this. He will not put on you what you can't sin. He promised that. And I believe that. That's resting faith. Listen. Do you have reckoning faith? I mean, can you reckon yourself to be dead to sin? 
I used to have a man who came to church and he'd come down the altar and, and he always amazed me. He, he smoked real bad. And uh, he came down one Sunday and I went down to pray with him. He said, Preacher, don't you take this pack of cigarettes? I ain't going to smoke no more. I give them to the Lord. I don't want to, I don't know what he thought I was going to do with them, but I, I took them and, and about six months later he was back smoking. You know what happened? The flesh is weak. And it's like the same thing happened to an alcoholic that I led to the Lord. He said, I'm going to put this fifth of whiskey up here, and every day I'm going to say that fifth of whiskey, I'm not going to drink you. I said, no, you're not. Give it here. And I broke it and poured it out. You know why? Get it out of your sight. Get it away from you. Because that man that was smoking so bad and wanted to quit in the Lord, after he got saved, somebody blowed smoke in his face one day and old flesh took back over. Amen? You know what? You know what? A wrecking faith is it's wrecking yourself dead to it. I don't need them old dirty movies. I don't need to watch those things. I don't need to partake of those things because a dead man can't take anything. I'm dead to it. They don't bother me. Amen. Now listen to me just a second. I like reckoning faith. I reckon myself to be dead, but I also like daring faith. I still want to do something for the Lord. And, and to step out. God never asks you to step out like you're stepping off a cliff in the darkness. He said, daring faith is trusting God. And what that means is, if I'm going to do something, then get in the Bible and find out where uh, somebody in the Bible went through what you're going through and find out how God treated them. And I get through the Bible and I find all the problems of a human being. Somebody's already been through it. I was reading Ecclesiastes and, and uh, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, says there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, what is has been, and what has been is going to be. And so everything that happens in this world has already been. Somebody, is what he's saying is, somebody has already experienced what you're going through now. And you know what? I get in the Bible and I find one of those characters when I'm going through something. If I'm going through suffering, I'm going through sickness, I'm going through a challenging life on my job or whatever it is, and I find somebody in the Bible that's already been through it, and I find out how God treated them, and how God brought them out on the other side, and I find out that's daring faith. Daring faith is trusting God has already done it for somebody else, and you can do it too. Amen? Any challenge of life, I don't care what it is. I was talking to a couple last night, and I said, you know, I was out of the will of God for years. God called me to start to build a church and and I, I built one church with, and I was scared to do it and I asked a man to come and help me with it and he did and we had a great church no doubt about that but I knew I was out of the will of God because I didn't do it and I was scared to do it I didn't think I could preach I knew I couldn't sing I knew I couldn't do the things that you need to do as a pastor and counseling with people and dealing with people I said Lord I can't do it and so I, I got another, another fellow, me and him, started that church. 
And then seven, 14 years later, I stepped out by faith and we started this church. And man, it grew like wildfire. And God blessed on every hand and everything paid off and everything. I just can't believe it. And I look back on it and, and listen for me just a second. Everything that I needed, God provided as a pastor, I'm talking about. Everything. Money, building, instrument players, instruments. Did you know a, a lady gave us that piano? It, it used to go to church here. A man gave us this organ. And, and on and on and on. God just provided. And all these years, for 14 years, I run from the Lord scared. And then one day, I said, I ain't running no more, Lord. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And for that time on, that daring faith to do what God called you to do has been the most blessed days of my life. The sweetest friends, the best of people to serve the Lord with, and I could go on and on and on how God has blessed my life. There's an author came down. A couple came to my house just yesterday talking and said, Brother Son, you ought to write a book of all the things that God has done for you. And I said, a lady's already done that. There's an author that came down from Nashville and sat in my office and, and she said, well, tell me about your life, just your ministry. And I began to tell her she began to write. And she put a lot of those things. And the main thing that she wanted to know is, what do you believe? And I could tell her, it's Jesus only in everything. You make Jesus first in your life and all these things will be added unto you. And, and she wrote it all down and wrote it in the book. Here's what I'm saying. Daring faith is trusting Jesus and Him alone to save your soul. And you say, Preacher, I can't have daring faith because I see in the Bible where He's already done that for somebody else. That's proof. It's not stepping out in the dark. How do I know I'm saved? Because He saved this person. And now I want you to watch something. What brought the walls of Jericho down? Now I've heard people say, that, well, they marched around those walls and blew those trumpets and you take a million people, or over a million people, marching around and around those walls seven times and then seven more times on the last day and blowing those trumpets with that great sound, those uh, sound waves and then hitting against those walls and that jarring of all those feet and then carrying on and that loud shout one day on that special day and all of that brought the walls down. No, it didn't. There's only one thing brought those walls down. That's faith. Faith. You know what faith is? It's believing God that God was going to do what He said He was going to do. And God told them, shut your mouth, don't you say a word, don't you use a bow and an arrow or a spear or nothing else, I'm going to give the victory. You just obey what I tell you to do. And around and around that wall they went, and when they completed what God told them to do, the wall fell down flat. That's faith. Here it is then. Do you have enough faith to trust Jesus with your soul? That's resting faith. I have 
There's a verse of Scripture I love. Jesus says, As many as my Father gives me in my hands, no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Amen. That's resting faith. I rest in Jesus' faith. But also how uh, reckoning faith. I don't want the things I used to do. I don't want to do them anymore. I'm dead to those things. This old flesh, I got controlled by the Holy Spirit is in me. Greater is He in me and He's in the world. And He gave me victory over it. Now you listen to me very carefully. The, the flesh is your biggest enemy. Do you know that? I have to tell this thing every day. Don't you do that. Amen? You're dead. No, you can't have that. You're dead. Every day I have to get victory over my flesh because it's my greatest enemy. And I know that I can have it by wrecking my flesh to be dead. But let me give you something else. You have daring faith. Just step out and do something for the Lord. For instance, there was a lady years ago came to church and her mother was in California. And she came to me one day and she said, Preacher, will you pray for my mother to get saved? And I said, Well, what have you done about it? Have you talked to her about it? She said, Well, I can't go out to see my mother. I said, Well, you got a telephone. And uh, you can write her a letter. And I said, Why don't you write her a letter? And in that letter, tell her how much you love her, how much you think about her. But more than that, in that letter, give her the plan of salvation. Just go down the road, the old Romans road, and write her a letter and say, Mama, I want you to go to heaven with me, and this is how you go to heaven. Would you ask the Lord to save you? You know what she did? She sat down and wrote that letter, and Mother got saved. Now that's daring faith. Oh, she'll throw it out and she'll hate me. No, she won't. No. Trust God. God can use anything that you use for His purpose. Just trust Him. Step out. Do something for the Lord. I mean, I got I got a grandson. I've been praying for all my grandsons. Some surely God called one of them to preach, and the very one that you wouldn't think could do anything, uh, that boy, he's witnessing on the job. I mean, he he doesn't call his daddy and tell him, uh, "Daddy, look at this, read this verse." I told a Cheryl the other day. I said that boy gonna mess around and be a preacher. Because he's already telling everybody he meets about the Lord. Out on the job, everywhere else, and, and just reading the answers to life to them. And I said, that boy's going to make it. He's going to be something. Wouldn't it be something? Amen? i got such a wonderful family, but I want to see them serve the Lord. And the way you do it is just step out and do it. Just serve the Lord. I love faith. I don't understand everything. I can't see over the hill. I don't know what's waiting for me tomorrow. But I know one thing. I ain't worried about it. Because I'm in God's hand. And I reckon it so. Amen? I reckon it so. Stand with me. Heavenly Father, I do thank You for the simple message of the Bible. Every child of God, if they'll only get this straight in their minds, It'll make a complete different person out of them. They won't worry about everything in the world. Everything just seems to be settled in your mind, soul, and spirit. What a relief when you get to that place. 
And I pray for everybody here and everybody that's listening. Would you bless in Jesus' name.